Hello and welcome to a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration to St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter and we've made it to day 22. We'll continue our journey today by looking at St. Joseph's virtue of patience. What was his finest moment of patience? And then we'll consider how he can intercede and help us grow in this much needed and difficult virtue. Okay, if you're ready, let's pray by first starting and invoking the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our salutations to St. Joseph. Hail Joseph, image of God the Father. Hail Joseph, Father of God the Son. Hail Joseph, temple of the Holy Spirit. Hail Joseph, beloved of the Holy Trinity. Hail Joseph, most faithful helper of the Great Council. Hail Joseph, guardian of holy virgins. Hail Joseph, great lover of poverty. Hail Joseph, exemplar of meekness and patience. Hail Joseph, model of humility and obedience. Blessed are you among men, and blessed are your eyes which have seen the things you saw. Blessed are your ears which have heard the things you heard. And blessed are your hands which have fondled the word made flesh. And blessed are your arms which have carried him who keeps all things in existence. And blessed is your bosom, on which the Son of God fondly rested, and blessed is your heart aflame with the most ardent love. And blessed is the Eternal Father who chose you, and blessed is the Son who loved you, and blessed is the Holy Spirit who sanctified you, and blessed is Mary, your spouse, who loved you as her spouse and brother, and blessed is the angel who guarded you, and blessed be forever all who bless and love you. The Memorari to St. Joseph Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, my spiritual father, and beg thy protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in thy goodness hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm excited to be with you today and taking a look at this um, amazing day today, amazing virtue. I wanted to first uh, give a look ahead for where we, not just where we are, but where we're aiming for, right? That at this point, we're at about 11 days left to go, depending on when you're listening to this daily reflection. And maybe it's good to take just a pause to consider. It's, you know, hopefully we're in a rhythm now. But where are we and where are we going? So, so there's a couple things for you to, to take to heart. First of all, to remember at the very beginning, I asked you to consider what your intention was. What is it? Who is it in your life that needs prayers, that needs to be brought to St. Joseph? And to remember that confidence that St. Teresa of Avila had and even challenged she dared us to have in St. Joseph and just to, to consider that again, to be able to offer that to him. Maybe to consider where I'm at with this journey. 
to think back and look at what was my image of Joseph whenever we first started? What was my love? Has my image changed of him? Has my love expanded at all? Uh, in my, my daily prayers and going through my life, am, am I calling on him anymore? Am I thinking about him anymore? Is he bringing me closer to Jesus, right? And hopefully those are, are all yeses, but something to, to consider. One really important thing that can help us grow in this is taking advantage of the sacrament of confession. And I spoke about this in encouraging people to take advantage of the opportunities for indulgences, especially the plenary, the full remission of all temporal punishment due to sin with the praying of these litanies every single day and um, saying these other prayers, this consecration at the end. But there's also something just really powerful about the sacrament of confession in itself. And just to say, there's a lot of times we can be working and we can be pursuing different growths or um, pursuits and it's just the fact of thing of life, right? I can't go somewhere if I'm chained back, you know? Um, before I move forward, I need to be free from what's holding me back. And this is the sacrament of confession. And so I don't know where you're at when you're listening to this video, me right now, but just to consider where, when's the last time that I've, that I've been to confession? And maybe even to consider making a good confession, a whole thorough examination and just bringing it all to the Lord to be set free because it can really set us free in this relationship with Joseph and especially as he wants to bring us closer to the Lord. So uh, I'd invite you, challenge you to pray about making a good confession, especially before our consecration in just about 11 days. So between now and then to be able to look ahead at the schedule, look at your parish and where are those confession opportunities and where can I really take advantage of that beautiful sacrament of his mercy. And then a last thing to be able to look forward to is what's the final day? We're at day 22 now, right? Where's the, the confession, the consecration day? 33. <laughs> um, what are you doing for, for that consecration day? If you're listening to this live, we're preparing for March 19th, which is his, I would argue, most glorious feast day, the Feast of Feasts. And this year, I'm excited because it falls on a Friday in Lent. And here's the good news, people. St. Joseph is such a high feast that it actually supersedes any, um, any fasting and abstinence that the church would normally ask us to do on a Friday in Lent. I'll put it this way. On the feast of St. Joseph, the solemnity is the highest of, of feast days. On the solemnity of St. Joseph, it would be wrong if we chose no, I'm going to fast. I'm going to do penance. I'm going to abstain on Friday. The church is actually commanding us, no, celebrate St. Joseph and the great saint that he is. And so um, as we look forward to be able to celebrate that fully, to make a good act of, uh, of contrition, penance, then also finding a good way to celebrate. And so to find where is a good St. Joseph Mass? Where's a church that has a great St. Joseph altar or statue or devotion? I'd like to invite you, again, if, if you're listening to this live, on March 19th of 2021 at Resurrection Church in Brookline, we're going to have a great celebration Mass for St. Joseph. And at the very end of this Mass, we're going to have a chance to say our consecration prayers. So that night in, in Brookline at Resurrection Church, 
We're going to have Stations of the Cross at 6.30. We're going to have a St. Joseph Reflection at 7. And then Holy Mass at 7.30. It's going to be beautiful and uh, would love to have you. Don't know where you're at and listening. Um, this is, of course, in, in Pittsburgh. But um, yeah, pray about it. And if you can't make it to that, find another place to really enter in and to be able to celebrate these, this journey of 33 days to celebrate his feast day with confession, Holy Mass, and then the, that beautiful prayer just to say, Joseph, like Jesus, like Mary, I trust you. And I give you my heart, I give you my life and my growth and sanctity so that you can take me uh, closer to the Lord. Sound good? Awesome. Let's talk about patience. Um, first, maybe to, to throw this out as a, a introductory question. What do you think is the craziest prayer that one can pray for? Uh, here's what I mean. And I'm hoping maybe you've been here before. Really struggling with something and then asking like, God, I just need more courage. Right? Seeing that like, I just need to be able to have this fortitude, right? Lord, give me courage. And what do we usually get? Opportunities to be courageous. And it's like, ah, this isn't what I wanted. Maybe if you've been so bold, you've asked for humility. I realized my ego is getting way too big. Lord, I need humility. And what do we get? Opportunities of being humiliated. Like, oh shoot, what am I asking for that? What about, have you ever asked for more patience? Lord, just infuse this virtue of patience in me so that I can just, ah, not freak out and lose my mind. Right, of course, what do we get? Opportunities to be patient. Um, Patience, it comes from the Latin word pati, which means to suffer. No one likes to be patient. Why? Because it necessarily implies suffering. It's why it's so hard to sit in traffic. It's why it's so hard to um, wait for a package or wait for a meal or wait for um, to get through the doctor's office and why we just can't stand that we would have to wait any longer um, for whatever it is, that we can't get what we want when we want it in exactly the way that we would expect it. This is suffering. And so to ask for more patience is just more opportunities to suffer. A crazy prayer. And yet St. Joseph is called the mirror of patience. What does that mean? I was thinking about like, why mirror? Mirror of patience. And I think it does have something to do with the way that he, in the fullness of his virtue, of his virtuous life, is able to like stand as a mirror and reflect his life given over in trusting hum- humility and submission to the Lord to us. But this isn't in like a shameful, look at what, <laughs> look at how patient I am and look at how impatient you are. I think it's one in tender encouragement. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And so maybe to, to ask you this, right? What do you think was Joseph's greatest moments of patience in his life? He had a lot of them, no? Maybe it was waiting, depending on whether he went with Mary to visit Elizabeth or didn't go. If he didn't go, right, those three long months that his wife, his bride, would have been away from him, waiting for her to to come back. And what's that going to reveal? What's that going to look like? How about even whenever Joseph hears this news about Mary conceiving and having to wait 
what does this mean? And this is wrapped up in that prudence, right? Taking that step back. But how long did he have to step back? And how long did he have to wait for his annunciation of the, of the angel coming to him and saying, fear not? How about hearing about his son? And this is in the mystery of the presentation of the child Jesus in the temple, where the priest Simeon says to Mary, that your son, Jesus, will be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword shall pierce. And to consider that Joseph heard those words, that in this prophecy he heard that his son was going to suffer in this way, that he will be a sign that is contradicted. And to hear about this suffering will also include his wife, Mary, a sword piercing her own soul, her own heart. And for him, St. Peter Julian Amard says his Calvary started in a way that he was invited to consider this suffering that his son was going to undergo, the suffering that his wife was going to undergo, and that he wouldn't be able to undergo. And that for these 30 years then of his life, his time with Jesus and Mary, he had to suffer. And he had to suffer in a way that he had to wait and not really knowing what that was going to look like, when he was going to have to depart in peace and how he was going to have to really let go like this long suffering of his own Calvary before it was actually the Calvary. I was thinking about him going to Egypt for just an unknown time, learning this new language, maybe learning a new trade and trying to assimilate with this new culture and these new relations and for how long? I don't know. I'm just going and I have to wait. And when's the next dream going to happen? How about whenever Jesus is 12 and those three long days of searching for Jesus in the temple? Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great suffering, says the Latin. Like we've been suffering in this and not because of any sin, but just in the being separated from you and not knowing what the Lord was quite doing what he was revealing in this. That's this opportunity to embrace patience. I want to end with maybe offering another opportunity that was just this moment of adoration. Yesterday we had a great reflection on how Mary is this tabernacle, is this temple of Jesus, the, the Eucharist, the bread of life, right? And to see Joseph in these moments of adoration, of just spending time with the Lord and adoring him. Adoring him. Waiting for him to speak. Waiting for him to act. And maybe just getting caught up in this, in this waiting. Knowing that on the one hand, in his dignity, he is the Father and he can act. And yet also recognizing with great reverence, this is the God who creates me, who sustains me in existence. And so that Joseph really waited for him. There was this great insight of Father Calloway yesterday that I didn't have time quite to get into it, but just to bring it up, hopefully you were able to, to catch it and appreciate it. It's that medical term, fetal microchimerism. And I believe that's the way to pronounce it too. It's with a hard CH, fetal microchimerism that emerged on a secular level that scientists were looking, and it was particularly in women, at these different diseases that they were fighting um, infections, that they were fighting in their own body. And as they were looking at these different infections, they were taking it in 
um, under the microscope and examining it, and they were realizing that there were these cells gathering around these different areas of infection that weren't the mothers. They're like, what is, where is this coming from? And the more they went in and did this research, they realized, but it has a similar DNA. Only to conclude, these are the cells of her children. And at first they thought, well, this is problematic. Are the cells of her children coming to actually um, impel or be this catalyst for this infection? Are they actually fighting against the body of the mother? And they thought this could be really problematic and um, what, what would this mean? But as they did more research, you know what they found? The exact opposite. It wasn't that these cells of her children that she'd already given birth to but had remained in her body, they weren't fighting her body. They were actually coming to the infection to fight for her body. What they found was that these women who had born their child, even long after they had given birth, the cells of their children still remained in their body and in this incredible way were able to come and help her in these different moments of uh, fighting different disease, infection, and all these things. Amazing, right? Um, especially whenever we consider the reality of Jesus and Mary. That Jesus, true, that Mary truly is the mother of God, fully God and fully man, conceived in her womb that has literally her DNA and then in a mysterious, miraculous way, the other side, the other half of the DNA, DNA provided by God the Father. She has him in her womb. But even after Mary gives birth, she still has the cells of the God-man in her body that she, in her, her own body, is in a sense laced with divinity. Right? Um, amazing. Here's the other thing, though. It works the other way as well. That it's not just the cells of the child that's left with the mother. It's even the cells of the mother that's left with the child. Here's this invitation, right? It's to, to see that Jesus and Mary are so tightly intertwined that whenever we have Mary, we also are connected to Jesus. And whenever we have Jesus, Mary is so intimately there too. It was Pope St. John Paul II who talked about this reality of Mary's presence in the Eucharist, especially at Holy Mass. And it's connected to Calvary about how Mary is always standing at the foot of the cross in faithful obedience. But it's also connected to just on a natural and even supernatural level, her connection to her son, Jesus, that her biological matter <laughs> is given to him in a way that doesn't just leave. And now they're disconnected. No, there's such a connection there. I don't know what your experience of adoration is, But it's changed my life. It's changed my life. And, and being able to go and be before the God of the universe in terrifying silence. It was at least terrifying at first. And this like twiddling of my thumbs. And all of a sudden, you know, just had everything turned off. I first started going whenever I was in college, about a, a junior in college. And to turn off all of the different activities, distractions, music, TV, video games, <laughs> studies, sports, friends, all these things, right? Just to turn off and then just be with the Lord in silence for 60 minutes. And I started doing this once a week for an hour and being in silence before the God of the universe in that time of waiting 
waiting for something to happen, waiting for him to speak or waiting for a consolation or a movement of my heart or an insight into scripture, right? That just this waiting that seemed to take so long and yet all of a sudden it went so fast. It ended up being one of the fastest hours of my week. It became this hour that I started to look forward to. And I see this as um, something that I know is very relatable to a lot of people who have given themselves over to this committed time of being with the Lord. And there's nothing different than being truly physically with them, especially exposed in the monstrance, this metaphysical presence that's more than whenever he's just in the tabernacle, more than whenever we're just in our own room praying. Those are very valuable, but it doesn't compare to being with him. And for us to embrace with the intercession of St. Joseph, this patience waiting for the Lord, waiting for the Lord to speak. And maybe it's not until the last minute. Maybe it's not until the last, I don't know, week, month of our time um, showing up in this adoration that he finally does speak. But patience is this embracing of suffering. It's the embracing of trust. Like, Lord, I realize that adoration isn't about me. It's about you. And I trust you enough to give you that, that room to speak and to work and to act and on your own terms. Hopefully that resonated. Um, and maybe just to ask as we close here, where do you need more patience in your life? And where do you need St. Joseph to come and intercede for you and to give you what you need so that you can embrace a greater sense of trust, embrace a greater ability to suffer whenever things don't go our way whenever things are take longer than expected. Uh, what is it? And maybe we'll, we'll turn in that intention to our litany of St. Joseph. St. Joseph, help me to grow in, in greater patience, greater trust, greater love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The litany of St. Joseph. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the holy family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph most chaste, pray for us. Joseph most prudent, pray for us. Joseph, most courageous, pray for us. Joseph, most obedient, pray for us. Joseph, most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, Pray for us. Hope of the sick. Pray for us. Patron of the dying. Pray for us. Terror of demons. Pray for us. 
protector of the Holy Church. Pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and Prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector. You who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as always, a great joy and great pleasure. We're moving on, um, maybe slowly, maybe, but surely. <laughs> we're, we're moving on and just in our own embrace of patience to, to keep going with that trusting submission. Um, if you enjoyed this video, this reflection, please, I'd ask you to, to like it, subscribe it. Leave me a comment too. Let me know uh, how it's going. What do you think St. Joseph's greatest moment of patience was? If you'd like to, uh, to support this podcast and the work of Dry Bones Ministries, please check out our website at drybonesph.org. Let's keep each other in prayer. I look forward, as always, to being with you again tomorrow. God bless you. And St. Joseph, pray for us.